Hi. We have time for a Q&A, which is really, really lovely. We have Monin out here on the side. She has a stick mic, and she's happy to bring it to whoever brings, puts up the hand. We have the first one here. If you could state your name a little bit, your affiliation, a context from who you are, and end with a question mark. Hi, my name is Tatiana. I work in development on films, TV series, and documentaries, so a lot of visual storytelling. And I'm curious about the field you're in and how the reduction rate of our power of perception is being tracked or if it's being tracked much at all. I'm thinking like the, this age-old distinction between um, digital and, uh, sorry, digital and uh, obvious word. Uh, Physical, maybe. No, no? sorry, it's uh, analog. analog. Analog sound and digi digital sound. So I lived for many years with an audio engineer who, who would also always teach me to hear the difference, and I thought there's no difference when Spotify appeared. And with a little bit of training, oh boy, there's a difference. And the digital has wiped out so much of the texture of the sound. The same is happening with visual. I see these spaces turning into canvases for simplified symbols to put in place of the textured reality. So what's being gained, what's being lost, is my big question working with filmmakers who are kind of losing touch with reality more and more. Physical reality, I mean. I, I mean, I can start on that just about. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Um, with, if you look at the kind of different senses, obviously some of them are inherently physical senses, like the sense of smell, for example, is, is to do with chemicals coming into receptors, and there's kind of a lock and key mechanism that then um, re releases the, your your perception of that smell. But so the smell of rose, for example, a real rose, it has, I think, roughly, let's say, 250 different olfactory molecules in there. However, the human nose will think it's a rose, let's say, this may be the comparison between digital and analog, with only three ingredients, one of them, phenol, ethyl alcohol, linalool, and geraniol, I think, from memory. <laughs> um, and so that's enough to give you the smell of rose. And so if I were to kind of create an artificial experience, it's not quite the digital from the analog, but I'm merely selecting it and it's enough to give you the impression of rose. So we could call that for now the digital impression of it. Um, there's arguments that that's positive because all the other 247 um, olfactory molecules may trigger your allergies, but you don't actually need that to smell a rose. So is this better? We also can create those molecules synthetically, so it means that I don't have to grow 10 fields of roses in Bulgaria, destroy them, and then fly them to the other side of the world for this experience. Um, but those are the positive formats of it, and I think certainly, obviously, there is a complexity there that is being lost, and... It's also, I think, to do with the sensitivity of our understanding so far. Your, your audio engineer opened your ears up to that, and I think in being such a nascent field, that's very much something that hasn't been explored yet, for sure. Perhaps to add to that, I think arguably it's not something that is now occurring. Like, if you look at uh, um, like m many hundred years ago, we were able to distinguish many different types of color of green, of people living in the Arctic have like 20 different... Uh, words or like even more for for snow and I think it's also very much that that process gradually um, already declined or, or shifted or changed perhaps so I think it's not really that's like dependent on on digital or analog I think it's more about like shifting uh, living conditions and environments cool we have a question more down here morning right. you take the long way around Uh, over here on the other side of uh, <laughs> the end. Oh. 
No worries. Just while they're traveling, there is also actually um, an archive of scents on just the outside of Paris called uh, the Osmotech. Um, because scents are also disappearing because if they're made from, say, a natural harvest of jasmine, that's also changing because of climate change and different kind of growing patterns. So there already exist many scents that you would smell in the past, maybe have been preserved that you wouldn't get today in the world. It's constantly shifting. We are ready down here. Hi, yes, I have a question for Lucia. So my background is in design and interaction design in general. Um, in the past few years, I felt that platforms like Instagram and Facebook have been um, doing too much advertising for my taste. And I was wondering what your thought is, um, because you included these bubbles of advertising into your AR experience. Um, is there not a certain tipping point of people being maybe tired of advertising within their social spaces and could it not be that that has already hit kind of a ceiling before Meta will bring out AR experiences with advertising in them or the other way around do you think there is still an opportunity of um, reducing advertising to a more or less invasive way um, so people accept it more in the future? Thank you. Thank, what was your name, sorry? Senior. Senior. Yeah. Uh, in my personal work as, a, as an artist, what I try to do is uh, bring an understanding of what advertisement could mean to the general public. For me, it's, it's important that advertisements don't uh, disappear into a layer of such non-invasiveness that people would not be able to distinguish whether what they're saying is an advertisement or not. Um, and so part of my work as an artist has been to try and um, give people some tools in order to uh, determine themselves or think by themselves what it is that they want to see online and what it is that they don't. Thank you. We have time for one more question. So we will go over here, Monin. Well, Monin, she's there. She's coming from the back. I, it's a little bit hard to see. There's a, there are two hands. Yeah, you decide yourself. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Decision making. Thanks. Uh, hi, I'm Neef. Uh, I'm a software engineer at Us2. And I have a question for all three of you, kind of related to advertising and also like digital products that people can buy in, in the metaverse in the future. Um, like historically, when like new technologies have enabled people to purchase things in new ways, that's often been accompanied by new ways for people to subvert the system through purchasing. So I'm thinking like burning CD-ROMs when you get something from Blockbuster, or torrenting. Um, I think we've all, we all remember the advert about not downloading a car. Um, do you do any of you anticipate kind of what the next evolution of like people like resisting from the bottom up is in the metaverse? <laughs> I think we have already seen uh, a specific example of that. I mean, um, Snap uh, released in collaboration with Jeff Koons uh, balloon dogs uh, across different parks in New York, virtually or in augmented reality. Um, and these were then sort of like vandalized by uh, street artists with graffiti tags. And I think I think that's a very um, yeah, perhaps hopeful future that, that people sort of like still have autonomy within these new sort of like mediated realities and, and that sort of like um, vandalism or graffiti still exists in this uh, uh, virtual layer. So, 
I mean, I, it's a great question. I guess it also ties a lot into what Alice was saying, and like, who, like with design has the power of changing or working as a change agent for the benefit of us. Like, who is this us, and what's autonomy and everything around that? Mm. With that note, thank you.